Nick. All right. Good morning, everybody. All right. <laughs> my mom loves, um, for those of you who don't know, my mom loves the um, uh, nature like videos. We'll actually go to this restaurant specifically because it has this giant TV that shows like drone footage, <laughs> just creation. And my mom, I'll come home sometimes to find her just with the TV on and looking at drone footage of different places. Uh, in the world, she just loves drone footage. But, um, but yeah, beautiful scenery. Actually, uh, that's Mitch. You recognize that place? Mitch almost died over there. That's a Yosemite. All right. Um, so, good morning, brothers and sisters. Today, but we can continue in our series on James, and we've arrived at chapter three. And uh, just to kind of go over, um, just a, a quick kind of recap of kind of some of the things that we've talked about, you know, in James and the Sermon on the Mount where he's, he's commenting on and he's continuing what Jesus had started in the Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, resisting the spirit of the age, all right, what is earthly and spiritual, demonic, envious, and self-seeking. Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, how we can walk in the kingdom of God. And James even goes even further to exposit on how we can avoid what is the kingdom of the world, the approach that the, uh, the, approach that the world seeks. So Jesus lists out Beatitudes. Uh, hopefully a lot of us have, you know, have it memorized. Uh, Beatitudes, these are blessings as we walk in the way of Jesus, the constitution of the kingdom. And in James, he talks about the, the, almost the anti-Beatitudes, the inverse, the way that the world looks at um, looks at walking in the kingdom of the earth. All right, so versus the spirit of God, which says, blessed are you uh, who are pure in heart, who are merciful or peacemakers. The, the, the spirit of the age says, happy are those instead who avoid trials, give preference to those who can help you, promote yourself, demand your rights, get all the money that you can. It's like the anti-beatitudes, all right? And so it helps us kind of see when we sometimes fall into walking into the way of the world versus the way of, this, uh, way of the kingdom of God, the spirit of God. So we've already kind of gone through James 1, we've gone through James 2, all right? James 1, you know, the world says avoid trials, and James says actually in the kingdom of God, you know, God is actually using those trials to produce patience and perseverance and increase your faith, all right? My brethren, count it all joy. He's, he, James, in each of these chapters, he starts with my brethren. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. All right, so that's a different way, the way of the world versus the way of the kingdom, wisdom from above. In James 2, we talked about partiality, all right, and walking out true faith and true works, all right, true religion. The world says give preference to those who can help you, all right, help lift up those who can then lift up you, right? Like kind of gain curry favor with those who are able to help you. Um, but the wisdom from above, God calls us, um, and James calls us to say, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. James says, walk as Jesus did, all right? Who loves, you know, who God who gives the sunlight to the poor, gives the sunlight to the rich, he gives sunlight to the wicked, he gives sunlight to the rich, to the righteous, all right? So uh, to walk in the same way that God, uh, Jesus walked, which is without partiality, all right? And then now today we're going to talk about James 3, all right, controlling the tongue. The world says promote yourself with the things that you say, all right? James will, will talk about boasting. Um, and that's, but the wisdom from above, he says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. All right, let's just dive into that. So if you got your Bibles with you, let's open up to James chapter 3. Let's start in the first section here. Um, I remember that we're talking about taming the tongue when he's talking about teachers here. And he starts with a warning, again, my brethren. 
James chapter 3, verses 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for, the, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone is, uh, does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. All right. Um, and so to, here in this portion, it's, you know, we're talking about controlling speech. We're talking about uh, controlling our tongue. But he starts with, James starts with an exhortation, a warning for that not many should become teachers. All right. Uh, you know, in the Jewish synagogues at that time, uh, it was very common for uh, men, any man in the, in the congregation would actually come up and read a passage and then teach on it. It was actually the role of any men. And in fact, for the young boys, when they became men, that was part of what they did was to come up and read portions of the Torah, okay? And uh, so it was very common for men to come up and speak. All of us would have that responsibility, all right? So I could just call up on, um, on Daniel or Tim. I'd be like, like, Tim, today, would you have something to come up here and tell, tell us about the Lord, you know, what the Lord has been speaking to you through, this, uh, through, the, through the Torah, and, uh, and that was the common way. In fact, Jesus did this. You remember, Jesus, when he started his ministry in Nazareth, he got up in the synagogue and he read from Isaiah. And then he said to this, he put down the scroll and he said, today from this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He was coming up and, and standing. Not that he was the rabbi of that synagogue, but just that he was there as a man in that synagogue. Everybody had a responsibility to teach. Okay. So that's that is all to, that to say, what is James not saying? He's not saying that we shouldn't teach at all. In fact, we're actually called to teach. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, the writer of Hebrews actually uh, um, disciplines them for saying that you actually should all be teachers. You ought to be teachers by this time uh, for someone, but you actually need someone to teach you again the basic principles, all right? For by this time, you ought to be teachers, all right? Um, so all of us are called to teach, all right? Um, so James is not saying that we shouldn't teach, all right? But he's warning us uh, to not be like the rabbis, to, be, to want the status and honor of, of teachers as the Pharisees did, all right? And this is the warning that we're going to go over because the, what he's look, going after is the heart. What is the heart, all right? Um, you know, all of us are called to teach. Even here, you know, in, in our midst, we're all called as a body to walk out the truth of the Bible and to teach each other by our words and our actions what it is to be like Jesus. All right. <laughs> Not to call out any names. No. <laughs> but all of us are called in our lives to be, to be teachers with the, the lowercase t, to teach what is truth by our words and our actions. And in fact, nowhere is this even better exemplified as uh, I'm going to give the example of Asher. Asher's primary teacher is not me, is not, you know, my mom is the head pastor, it's not Priscilla. Actually, his teacher right now, he doesn't even know anything that I'm saying. When, I, when Asher listens to a message here, he's not walking away with 10 points, right, to, to walk out in his life. The primary teacher in his life, Asher, uh, is, is Vic. Vic and Sharon are his primary teachers. And in fact, if they were to abdicate their role as a teacher, they would be going against the will of God, right? Their, their primary, the primary teacher for Asher is his parents. They have to be teachers. They have to, all right? So James is not saying not to teach. You know, in fact, some people would use that verse as, uh, and tie it into not judging, be like, ah, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be a teacher and I don't want to judge. It's like, no, there is a role for all of us uh, to teach, all right? But to guard against our heart, all right? 
Because the way of the world is to want to be a teacher with a capital T, to have a platform. I want to have a big ministry. I want to be well known. I want to have the place of honor and Jesus. And so what James is warning against here, let not all of us want to become teachers. He's actually continuing what Jesus already uh, talked about. So if you guys turn to uh, Matthew chapter 23, um, this is the, this is the uh, woe that Jesus brought against the Pharisees. Matthew chapter 23, he says to the Pharisees, Jesus says to the crowd and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe what they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the places of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. All right, that's what they love. They love the honor. They love the position. They love the recognition. All right. And they want to be teachers, capital T. They want to have a million plus followers on Instagram. They want to be the ones that ha- are, are promoted. All right. Um, and so that is what James is warning us against. All right. James talks about this even earlier in James chapter 2 that we already went over in the last chapter, all right? What is true religion? What is true faith and true works? James talks about uh, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment, all right? So as the body is apart from the, apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Look again at what Jesus says about the, the rabbis. Is that they say all this stuff. They preach all these things. They say all these great things that they're doing, but actually they're not lifting a finger to do it. They speak, they actually boast about their righteousness when actually they're not walking out what they say. All right? And really, they're just speaking it in order to have the position to self-promote. That's the wisdom of the world, though, is to promote yourself, right? To promote yourself, to increase your hashtag brand, to, to, to get recognition from others about what you do. And that is the pitfall of being a, being a teacher, all right? is to, anytime you have a position um, of recognition or teaching or authority over somebody, that is the temptation, is to speak as if you've attained it already. When really, truthfully, um, Jesus says, so act, or James says, so speak and act as those who are being judged under the law of liberty. Because, why? That's what he goes on in chapter three to talk about here, which is the tongue. All, right? All of us fall short. All of us fall short of everything, of the thing that we say, of the things that we say. You know, we, we speak the truth of the Bible, but all of us are going to fall short, right? Um, if we can't control the tongue, so then don't be deceived by the things that we say, all right? Even, and it's so humbling even to sit here and stand before all of you brothers and sisters and to read the Bible and read from James and say these things, but, also, but to do so from an understanding that I am speaking of things that I have not attained, you know? I have not attained, I have not attained, but by the grace of God, we exhort each other to attain it, all right? You see the subtle difference? You can say the truth, you say, speak the truth, but from two different heart points, right? The wisdom of the world is to say it from a place that promotes myself. Like, hey, guys, let's do this because I have attained it. Or to speak from a heart that says, I have not attained it, but let's try to get there together to become more like Jesus. That is the meekness of, of uh, what God calls us to in the kingdom of God, what James calls us to. All right, so that's the warning. That's why he starts with this warning about it being a teacher, um, because James says, nobody can tame the tongue. We all stumble. We all stumble, all right? Um, it's e- and everybody recognizes that, right? It's always easier to say something than it is to do it, right? It's always easier to say something than to do it, all right? Um, but we must be, be humble and meek our, in our speech, be slow to speak, because we recognize that fact. 
So what then should we do as teachers? You know, the tongue boasts about great things, James just said, all right? Um, but again, we must speak and act, speak and act. Those are the, the works as those who are judged under the law of liberty. Because if we're, we're working as the Pharisees did under the law of condemnation, not all of us fall short, short, all right? So we must be merciful and gracious in our speech, all right? Um, you know, it's a, it, you know there, there's a position of this rabbi or even as a, a speaker today, you know, when, when people are talking, that there's authority there, but if you don't walk it out, there, there's a hypocrisy. I, I almost think it's kind of like, you know, sometimes people come up to me and ask me some medical stuff just because, like, you know, I have, like, some medical background and training. But I'm a urologist. I don't really know, right? They're like asking me about some health thing, like, "Hey, what do you think about eating this or that?" And it's like, I was like, "Well, you know, I can talk about stuff, and certainly, like, I have some training about it, and like, I can be like, oh yeah, you know, you should eat more healthy and exercise more.'" And people will be like, "Oh yeah, the doctor said that. That's great." I don't live that. Anybody who lives, who knows me, knows, I don't walk that out at all. I don't walk that out at all. You know, like you can come and I, I might have the head knowledge about it, but I'm like, yeah, you should really eat more salad. It's like, man, I should really eat more salad, right? It's like if I went to Stephen, it was like, you know what, Stephen, I'm a doctor, and uh, you know what, you know, exercise is really important. Stephen's like, oh yeah, like you're a doctor, man, I should really listen to you. It's like. Stephen works out way more than I do. He's way more in shape than I am, okay? So that is the kind of being a teacher. It's like, but ah, I want to be a doctor so I can tell people like what to do about their health, right? And people recognize me as, oh, Dr. Juan said that. But it's like, I haven't, wa I haven't been to a gym in like months, you know? <clears throat> All right, so... You know, I can talk about working out, I can talk about exercising, I can talk about eating healthy, all right? I can boast in my training and my degree, my knowledge and understanding as a self-promotion, but obviously I don't even do any of those things, you know? Uh, really, you know, walking it out, but not even talking about those things, you know, like talk to Steven or Mitch, you know, about that, all right? Um, but if I'm aggressive about telling you guys all about that, like every single day, every single time I see you guys, I'm like, hey, eat healthier, you know, do this. I'm really just self-promoting myself, you know, yeah. all right? But it's easy to do that. It's easy to do that because it's difficult to tame the tongue, right? I would love to, you know, like talk about that. People would come and ask me, it's like, oh, yeah, like I want to talk about that. Even if I don't do it, it's easy to slip into that, right? Um, because the tongue, the tongue is so deceptive and that's what James dives into. All right, so let's dive into the next section here. And actually, I forgot to ask my reader to read. Isaac, you got your, you got your Bible. Would you read James uh, 3, 6 through 12 for us? Oh, yeah, sorry, a little further. Yep, just a little further. From the same mouth come blessing and curses. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Amen. Thank you, Isaac. Yeah. So what a challenging passage here. That James is talking about the tongue as untamable. 
No one can achieve it. None of us can do it. It's so easy to fall into talking about things that we don't do. That's that pitfall of hypocrisy. It's so easy to do. And it's so difficult to tame our tongue. He says, actually, all animals can be, can be tamed, but the tongue cannot. You know, we just got our dogs back from, from trainers, okay? And, like, if you met our dogs before the trainers, you know, they're like, they were, like, wild. If you tried to walk them, uh, my mom actually stopped walking the dogs because she couldn't. <laughs> she actually couldn't physically hold them back because they would pull, like, so hard. But they went to the trainers, and after just a week, miraculously, like, if you walk with them now, they don't pull. It's, like, amazing. I was, like, absolutely amazed. Um, and I wouldn't have thought that's even possible, but it's even harder to tame the tongue. In fact, what James is saying here is out of all the things that you have to tame in our bodies and our, our fleshly desires, you know, from the head, the eyes, our feet, our hands, everything, you know, we, we are sinful creatures in our fallen bodies, but the most difficult out of all those things to tame is the tongue. All right. The most difficult thing to tame is the tongue. And, uh, and Isaiah understood this. When Isaiah, who was a prophet of God, who was a teacher, arguably a, a, a rabbi, a prophet, he held the highest office when he, was, when he saw God in his fullness of his glory. What was his woe? What was his cry? He actually cried out, woe is me. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king. When he came before God, when he came before God, saw God in all his glory, the thing that broke his heart the most was he said, woe is me, I am unclean in my lips. Unclean in my lips. All right. We say what we do not do, which is hypocrisy, and we speak truth with impure motives, which is self-seeking. All right. He was broken about his unclean lips. And James says that's because the lips are the hardest thing to tame. There's a lot of things we got to tame in our, in our physical body. You know, in the feet, blessed are those, Psalm 1-1 says, blessed are those who do not walk and, and walk in the way of the wicked. You know, in our ears, James also talks about be doers of the word, not hearers only. In our hands, Psalm 24 calls us to have pure hands or clean hands. In our eyes, Job talked about making a covenant with his eyes. There's a lot of things we got to discipline in our bodies, all right? It's like uh, when, you know, Mitch works out, he's not just working out the, the arms, right? He remembers leg day, Right? Like, you got to worry, like, every single piece of the body, there are things that we have to work on, all of it, head, toe, eyes, ears, but the hardest is the tongue. Right. In Proverbs chapter 6, uh, the writer of Proverbs writes, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict or discord in the community. Another version says, speaks uh, slander and discord. All right. Three of those things have to do with the tongue. Three of those things have to do with the tongue. All right. It's so difficult. It is so difficult. And James says, actually, it is impossible for us. Nobody attains the perfect control of our tongue. Why is that? Why is that? Uh, and Jesus says, because it's actually the mouth is the wellspring of the heart. All right. So anything that is in the heart actually will come out from, the, from, the, from what you speak. All right. um, and actually that ties it back in here, a heart that divides wicked schemes. Let's read in Matthew um, chapter 15, verse 10 through 20. All right. Matthew 15, uh, Jesus says, and he called the people to him and said, hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. The disciples came and said to him, do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when you heard this saying, or when they heard this saying? He answered them, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you also without understanding? 
Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. This defiles a person. From out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defiles a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. All right. It's what comes out of our mouth is a direct, direct spout, a direct spout from what's actually in our hearts. All right. We all know that we have sin in our hearts. So our mouths actually are the release, uh, show exactly what's in our hearts. All right. Um, <clears throat> so again, it's about the heart. All right. The mouth is the window to our hearts. And that's why it's so difficult to control. And that's what we must work on and to understand that. All right. And to have humility when we speak. So the last part um, of James chapter 3, uh, this is the closing kind of section, is his exhortations to have wisdom about this, to, to understand this, or this, uh, this principle that our tongues are actually uh, revealing what's in our hearts. Isaac, can you take us home, read the last section of James for us, 13 through 18? Oh, 13 through 18. Who is wise and... Amen. Thank you, Isaac. So this is the final, the, the, the exhortation that James uh, gives to the reader, all right, to us, who is wise and understanding, to recognize that our sin, that our speech is uncontrolled, but because it's not because of what we put into our mouth, um, but because of what comes out from our heart comes out from our mouths. All right? it's, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. And that was what the Pharisees didn't understand. They thought, okay, well, I can clean up everything that's, that's physically exterior, um, but they forgot about the most important thing, which is the inside. All right. Um, earthly wisdom is that we have good conduct outward, outwardly, all right, and we can boast about you know being good in our conduct, but actually harbor bitter envy and self-seeking in our hearts. All right, that's the pitfall because everybody always sees what's on the outside, but they don't know what's on the inside. And so we should have by good conduct and meekness, not by boasting in our uh, in our words. Uh, we actually lie against the truth. We're deceitful about what is actually going on in our hearts. Um, you know, that's, that's the pitfall of, of teaching, is to, to say things that don't actually have a root or a truth in our hearts, right? I mean, it, it should really sober us and break our hearts that that happens. And we're not exempt from that, um, but it's the pitfall that we go further further into it if we, um, if we have bigger uh, ministry, if we have bigger uh, access to teaching. And so that should really sober us to, to say, God, actually, sometimes your mercy that you don't allow me to be a teacher over many, many people because we're held to this high standard. And uh, in fact, I was thinking about this just the last few weeks that, you know, there's one of the biggest denominations uh, in the world. Um, just recently, uh, there was a, a report that came out. 600 pastors, they had a list of 600 pastors in the denomination that had sexual abuse. 
against their congregations and continued to preach, continued to preach and teach. I guarantee you they were preaching and teaching about purity. In fact, this denomination is like the denomination for purity and holiness. 600 pastors, they had a list that they kept in secret of cover-ups of sexual abuse, sexual abuse. Um, that should be sobering to us, not to say that, wow, condemn them, but that that could, that could be us. It's the David principle. When we, we see David, and David fell into temptation with Bathsheba, we don't point at David and say, oh, wow, like we would be better than him. If we were put in that position, if we were put in the position of being a king over Israel and having all this authority, I guarantee you, we would fall. You know, we would all, all, all have temptations to fall, right? Like we would be no better than David in that, in that moment, but by the grace of God. And so looking at that denomination actually breaks our heart and sobers us to realize, wow, the things that we speak, actually we should be meek about them because we would just as easily could fall into those temptations because of, we need to focus and purity, uh, purify what's in our hearts. James, uh, Jesus had this to say about um, the, uh, the Pharisees in Matthew 23. He went on to say, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness." We have to focus on what is the wisdom from above. You know, James talks about the wisdom from the world being boasting, boasting and self-promoting, envious, wanting a platform to show how and to say truth, but to promote ourselves as, as having attained it. But James says the wisdom of above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, full of mercy and good fruits and impartial. This is, this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the Sermon on the Mount summarized. Um, Jesus goes, goes on in Matthew to say, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That was the opposite of what the Pharisees wanted. They wanted their good works to glorify themselves, to glorify themselves. That's the impure motive. Right? We have to have that pure heart in order to really correct our speech, right? We want to focus on our purity of heart and cleaning what our intentions are. So that's the warning. When we look at great speakers, you know, we have more access today to great speakers and teaching than we ever had. Social media, just the last two decades, has, has given people platforms that are beyond any that anybody ever had. Jesus never spoke to millions and millions and millions of people, right? You know, even 5,000 or 10,000 mean, at that time was a lot. But the access that the modern you know, social media has given, there's people with platforms of millions, you know, millions, right? Um, but we have to be careful not to just look at what is spoken, right? But to watch what is the conduct, both conduct and what is the intent of the heart. And it's hard to see both without the, God, without the Holy Spirit. Again, here at the end of James, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Remember in Sermon on the Mount, that's the very beatitude. The blessed are those who are meek for they'll inherit the earth, right? They'll inherit the earth. The wisdom in, ver in verse 16 at the end, where envy and self-seeking and disorder exist, every, there is every dis there's disorder in every evil practice. We had wrote, we read in Proverbs just now that God hates disorder. God hates disorder and conflict. Those are one of the seven things that, that the writer of Proverbs says that God detests. 
And so that is when envy and self-seeking exist. That's when disorder and, uh, and every evil practice arises. But let us seek to walk in the wisdom from above, that wisdom that is pure. All right, Pure, again, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. They'll see God. The wisdom above is peaceable. That's, again, Sermon on the Mount. Every, blessed are those who are peacemakers. They'll be called sons of God. Those who are gentle, again, that speaks to meekness. Right? Without partiality, we talked about that again in, in, in uh, chapter 2. Walking in without partiality, because that's how Jesus walked. All right? So he's, again, calling us to, be to not be teachers that want the capital T teacher, right? that position of honor, and, um, because that comes from the wisdom of the world, which is impure motives, self-promotion, envy, and, envy, and self-seeking. But we ought to be teachers with pure motives, all right, with pure motives, which is to give glory to God, all right, to give glory to God and to speak in meekness because we know that we haven't attained. And if any of us think that we've attained, you know, purity of speech, James says, you haven't, all right, you haven't and you won't. All right? That's why we ought to walk in meekness. That is the law of liberty to understand that we have, we can't attain it. We can't attain it. All right. We can't attain the perfect speech. All right. Um, so again, Impure motives, self-promotion, and, and self-seeking. Wisdom from above is the opposite. Pure of heart, peaceable, all right, with good works. All right. So um, with that said, I want to actually spend a few minutes to actually meditate on that and let the Holy Spirit um, convict us of that truth. You know, I think a lot of us, um, you know, we have positions where we, we teach, all right, positions where we teach, whether you're a parent, okay, whether within your friend group, whether it's at work, all of us, I have positions where we teach, right? and uh, and to to meditate on: Are we doing that with the purity of heart? Are we doing it with the wisdom above? Are we doing it from the wisdom of the world, which is self promotion right, and boasting. Let's take a few minutes, and if Becca can play, let's um, let's let the Holy Spirit convict us of that truth.